0: Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors magazine. If you like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Great Days Outdoors. Are you looking for that one-of-a-kind Christmas or birthday gift? If so, head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com and check out the Best Gifts for Outdoorsmen 2021. We've curated a bunch of unique ideas to help you find an awesome gift. For the outdoorsmen on your list, just head over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash best gifts for outdoorsmen to check it out. And also brought to you by the hunting exchange. In this day and age, we all know it is a struggle to sell hunting equipment on large social media platforms. And that's where the hunting exchange steps in. The hunting exchange is an app for iOS and Android that gives you a one-stop shop to buy and sell your hunting gear. Whether you're looking to sell your bow, broadheads, technical apparel, stands, saddles, or anything in between, this secure platform allows you to buy and sell gear with confidence. As a buyer, each dollar you spend is insured by PayPal. And as a seller, there are no hidden charges like other platforms. And listing items is also free. Gone are the days of having listings removed from Facebook And worrying about being banned and removed from groups for wanting to sell something as simple as your bow or knives so head on over to the app store or google play and experience a new hassle free way to buy and sell hunting gear by downloading the hunting exchange app today i'm your host joe baya here again with butch theory this week butch last week we talked about decoy spreads and i learned a lot from that show as it relates to what you need to be thinking about and really trying to think like a duck as opposed to thinking like a hunter. I know I'm I'm guilty of that. One of my well, you favorite
1: got a, You got a bird brain,
0: so. Well, for sure. But uh you know, one of the analogies I used a lot in that show was taking things back to what I have the most experience with and that's turkeys. And today we're going to be talking all about duck calling and I'm probably going to take that analogy back there as well because duck calling is one of those things that i do it and i've done it but i'm still not super confident in what i'm saying to those birds and i'm also not super confident in what i need to be saying to those birds how how to paint that picture with my calling the way i am with turkeys where i you know pretty well know what he needs to hear when he needs to hear it that kind of thing so to really dive deep on duck calls today we're talking with kenley Solachik with hammer calls out of not know pierce nebraska kenley welcome to Huntland, man tell us about uh about hammer calls and and about pierce nebraska what's y'all's uh flyway there
2: well first of all i want to say thank you for uh having given us the opportunity. I mean, this is something uh we've been looking forward to now for a couple of weeks. So, again, thank you for uh, having us on. Pierce Nebraska is a very very small little town, about 1800 people. So, Nebraska is pretty famous for Missouri River, Platte River, uh and the a lot of the pothole stuff out in the sand hills. So, kind of where we're up at, we really get a lot of geese here. Geese naturally have kind of adapted to the I know I'd say rural settings, but for ducks, a lot of times to get in, any into some good duck hunting, we generally go up to uh, the Missouri river, uh, you no know, vertigree, Niagara Santee area. Um, and then we generally travel out west, you know, a little bit in the Sand Hills. It's not too far, about an hour to west. You can really start getting into some good, a lot of uh, some really good duck hunting out there. So, uh, Platte River again, again, straight south of us, about another hour. So we're kind of in a little bit of no man's land with duck hunting, geese hunt for for geese though. We the majority of what we kill here, just in our in our, in our local, you know, 20 mile square area is is geese. We get into a little bit of ducks, but we travel for ducks most of the time. So.
0: Well, Kenley, what about Hammer Calls I and mean, what, what is y'all's focus?
2: Hammer Calls, uh, we really run two main things. Uh, it's Mallard Duck and Canadian Goose Calls is what we run. Obviously for us, that's the majority of uh, what we see here. And uh, obviously for the majority of most hunters, that's kind of where the bread and butter is for a lot of people. We've really tried to, you know, we've had the opportunities to look at, you know, Wood duck calls, whistles, spec calls, uh, you know, all kinds of different types, but we really, one, for us to be, uh, we've always felt like to be the best at what we can produce, we want to be able to, you know, have the birds that we are calling to be able to produce a product that, that we know it can perform in the field, right, so for us to be like, Hey, we're just going to make a spec call just because we want to make some money on it, but we don't, we we might see five specs throughout the entire season. Right. And for us, we just never felt comfortable saying, Hey, we're going to put out a product that we know is just completely 100% solid because we don't have the birds to test it against. So we really have focused on uh, those two sets of calls and we've been successful with that. And uh, we've been really, really happy with that. Well, good on you for that. Because I mean, one of the things the Butch
0: and I talk about all the time is how much variance there is in very small geographic differences. So like, you know, e- it, when it comes to fishing, when it comes to even, you know, hunting like whitetails and turkeys, I mean, these animals act so much differently. Uh, 15 as you or move. 20 or
1: 30 miles can be yeah. a huge difference. I
0: mean, and you know, so what you guys are really focused on is, is what, you know, and here's something I know when it comes to turkeys, which is where I'm feel like I'm the best at calling of all the animals I try to call, I wouldn't say I'm good, but, uh, I'm, I'm good enough to, to kill some birds here and there. My experience has been that I can kill the majority of the birds I kill with just a few actual calls. And I don't mean the physical call. I mean the sound itself. Now there has been times where I have definitely killed a bird by gobbling at it, or I've killed a bird by doing a kiki run, you know, and calling the flock back together. And there's, certain scenarios where all that's worked for me, but the vast majority of the time I can get it done with Yelps, Clucks, and Purrs. And and really I could take that to just Yelps and Clucks and scratching in the leaves. So when it comes to ducks, what do you feel like the 20% of sounds are that people need to really master? Like you talk about mastering these certain calls to get the job done 80% of the time
2: with anybody new that we help with one that's kind of nice with a smaller call company. Uh, we spend a lot of time with people, uh, you know, people from all over working on this kind of exact thing, you know, when they getting to call uh, calling ducks for the first time, a lot of people get, uh, really, uh, nervous or kind of, you know, like, man, I, I hear these people on, uh, YouTube and, um, you know, uh, on other hunting shows and they're just hammering on this call. Right. I mean, they're just hundred miles an hour, feet chuckling, you know, and just rolling through it. And people are like, man, and it kind of deters them a little bit because they're like, man, I, I can't call that. Well, you know, am I going to be intimidating? Able to it especially is especially when that. you're in a blind with some experienced hunters. Exactly. And kind of a two parts of that is we'll get to the being, being in the blind with some other hunters first, but I'll kind of, uh, to, to your point is the 20% of the sounds is the two main ones is that yes, a good quack is the first thing you'll ever learn. And most people get hung up on that is where they, they think, well, you know, obviously, you you know, for quacks, right? And and people are like, okay, well, yeah, quack, move on. Well, the the part that people don't get is that the quack is the base, like the base layer of everything before you can do all these other calls. It's all about the quack. And that's where uh, we teach a lot of people is, um, uh, especially with technique, when you're doing it is you basically, the tip of your tongue needs to be behind the the bottom of your teeth. Right. And what that does is then that creates a, um, and you, you're basically cutting the note off with the the fat part of your tongue hitting the top of your roof. So you have a little cavity in your mouth, um, that you're pressurizing basically. And as you're running this, that fatty part of your tongue is what's actually cutting the note off when it's hitting the top of your, uh, the roof of your mouth. Right. So as you're quacking, it's, it's quack, 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 and you're cutting that note off over and over. And one, there's two things that helps with that. One of them is actually what a lot of people don't know is sticking call. If you you know, if you're running a call a lot, uh, if it's one, not properly tuned or one, you're, you're spitting a lot into the call, you can actually stick the read. So what that does is when you lock your tongue behind your teeth, you know, if you guys have ever, you know, spit, right. You, your tongue comes up and you spit, right. So that's what happens when you're spitting into a call. So that really, really helps cut that down. And two, that kind of enables a few other calls down the road, you know, different types of calls when you're running that uh, goose calls the same way. Uh, a lot of people who run a flute kind of get stuck, uh, in a flute. They, a lot of times had to flick their tongue to get these, the, the longer flutes to roll over. Well, with the short read, you don't have to do that same, same technique. Uh, we teach a lot of people is getting that tongue locked behind your teeth and, and practicing that and rolling that, that with, with the air coming over your tongue and cutting the note off with that fat part of your, the fatty part of your tongue. So, um, obviously yeah, quack is a big one. Um, cause a, a comeback call, uh, your Cajun squeal, all of these other ones that you guys, they hear, you know, on these videos, uh, all stems from the quack. Uh, and the other one that obviously people get really hung up on is a feeder chuckle. You know, they have this, people hear this rapid fire, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. really, and that intimidates a lot of people as well, where they're like, man, how did they get that sound out of the call? Right. Um, but what most people don't understand is that, um, that feeder chuckle, uh, that they're, that they're replicating at a rapid so rapidly is, you know, if there's a couple hundred mallards, you know, all in the ground and they're going in the cornfields. And you, if you listen to them, that's what they sound like all these calls, right? Uh, what people get kind of hung up on is that if you have a spread out of 20 duck decoys, they don't sound like that. It's, it's, right. it's much slower, right? If you listen to a single hen mallard pecking around, it's tick, 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 mm-hmm. tick, tick. It's very, very slow and meticulous, but obviously when you get, you know, hundreds of them, it sounds much more like that. So that kind of comes back to, replicating of what you're spread what are you trying to what are you trying to present in your decoys uh to the birds and you kind of want your calls to rep your your calling to replicate what you're doing right so that's probably the two biggest ones i tell most people just to walk before you can run right i mean it's like Mm -hmm. playing a guitar Uh, that's what most people don't get is a duck call or goose call it's just like an instrument right you don't just all of a sudden Get grab a, a saxophone and just start wailing the low, right? out of it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean, right. It's, just, there's, there's a, there's a process to it and that's where we kind of tell people is, you know, slow yourself down, get the base, get your base calls. Right. And uh, then that'll elevate you to practice to get proper technique. will get you to that point where you can hear those guys on the, on uh, you know, the TV and, and YouTube stuff. So. You know, it's funny to hear you say that about, about the
0: quack and that one of the problems with calls is that sticking Mm -hmm. I've definitely experienced that myself where just saliva build up. And then all of a sudden it doesn't sound right. You know, I had to take the call apart, take all the reeds apart, dry everything off, you know, and if it was cold, sometimes you get frozen up and, uh, and you got to kind of get it all back, put it all back together. And then it sounds right for a while again. So thinking about that, what are the parts of a duck call? How do those things affect any individual's
2: calling? Yeah. So the biggest it. thing is, is, uh, you know, when it comes to um, a duck calls one is material, right? I mean, we, the, I would say our three main things that we make duck calls out of is uh, cast acrylic. So a hybrid is, is a combination of, of a burrow wood. A lot of them it's cut off and it's poured into a blank with, with acrylic. Um, and then the third then is just straight wood. So you have like uh coca bola, you know, a lot of people are familiar with coca bola or hedge or African blackwood, um, those are probably the three main ones. If you've shopped around for a wood call, that's what you'll probably see most of the time. The main thing is the difference with those three is that wood will give you a little more of a, of a softer tone. Um, obviously, cause you got to think the vibrations and the sound coming out of the call, uh, wood, wood is just a little bit softer than acrylic is right. So that sure. the call will absorb a little bit of the sound, you know, and, and kind of take the sharpness off it. Whereas acrylic is, um, you know, much, a much harder material. Uh, But you kind of have a trade-off is, you know, when you're running a wood call, uh, if the the wood's not stabilized, like in a hybrid, you do have, you have moisture, right? So that wood will absorb a little bit of that moisture. And, you know, you can have a little bit of sticking on wood calls um, and obviously a little bit of of maintenance of, we run our wood calls with, um, it's a butchered block oil. Uh, It's the only FDA approved food grade oil. Um, A lot of people like to soak them in like teak oil and a different things, but uh, teak oil is actually carcin- carcinogenic. So we don't obviously want to have that people, you know, you putting that up to your mouth. So we wanted <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> for, for us, we were like, Hey, let's find a wood, let's find an oil that we, uh, and obviously butcher block oil is, as a, um, uh, uh, it's the only one that we found that is FDA approved for food grade oil. So that's what we run on ours. So back to, obviously that's for material wise. Some of the other things that we really, uh, you'll find is obviously on your reads is a single or double read on a duck call. And a lot of that is, is there's kind of a two things, kind of a stigma is like, you know, new people, you know, generally run uh, newer callers have double reads, which for the most part, I mean, a bit you know, 70% of the new people coming in will run that do want to run a double read mainly because they're a little more user-friendly. They have a little more rasp built into the call. Uh, They don't take quite as much effort to get some of the sounds out of them. But then inversely is that when you put two reads in it, as they're, you know, as the reads are vibrating with two reads, the bottom read doesn't have quite as much room to run. So you lose a little bit of range, uh, some with, with, with a double. So a lot of times, uh, more experienced people will run a single, um, they can control, uh, the sounds a little bit better and still get, uh, still get the rasp out of it, but yeah, um, you know but again inversely i there's people that uh, have been calling for 10 20 years and, and run run exclusively a double read and there's some people that we run we will start them off on a single read we try to start people on a single read mainly because you know it's like if you're gonna eventually get to there start practicing with it you know it's like it's like saying hey you want to play a saxophone but then you're gonna play a different type of instrument when you get better right it's like let's practice let's try mm-hmm. and practice on the instrument that if you want to get to be running a single read let's start practicing on a single read and and get them going. So I mean, there's a lot of things we can run. Uh, bore size is a big thing, too. We have a bigger bore for more sound. Well, I, I want to take for...
0: you back to materials for a second. You know, you were saying you were saying that wood is is typically softer, absorbs a little bit more vibration. Does that mean it's not as loud?
2: Yeah, generally, generally, it's not as loud. But some of the harder woods that we run, like African blackwood is the hardest wood on the I think it's Jenka's, I think it's the scale. They, they measure wood hardness and it's, it's loud. I mean, if it, on the wood scale, it is very loud or almost as close to it as an acrylic. And then you can come down the scale a little bit more to like cocoa bowl is a little softer and hedge is a little softer than that. So a hedge, a hedge call with a small bore is going to be very, very quiet. So a lot of guys that we see run that kind of thing is where, or that kind of configuration is like in the timber, right? So a big thing in the timber is that they don't want the echo, right? You don't want a super loud call where this echo is just just so deafening, especially in the, in the timber that, that sound bounces around. So, uh, they like to, they like to run a smaller bore on that to kind of keep the, keep the echo down. Whereas inversely people who are hunting open water, the river, you know, big lakes, you know, those ducks are a long, long ways away a lot of times. And then you need this, you need the extra sound to reach out and and really and call at them, you know, if they're, especially on those windy days, you know, you're really trying to get after call and get after those ducks, but that doesn't mean you can't run. A, I, I think that's, these are all kind of guidelines. They're not like, Hey, these are the rules and you can't, you have to follow them kind of a thing. I mean, we run, <laughs> we hunt both, you know, in smaller pond areas and big open water. Uh, I have a wood call on mine. I have a hybrid and, you know, it's like, it's just kind of like general guidelines and it's really comes down to what people are after as well. And it doesn't mean, you know, with enough control like this, we got, this is a full acrylic call we got here. You can, when you get a good proficient enough, you can cut the sound down by just putting a little less air into the call and you can quiet that call way down to finish birds, just like you had if you had a wood call. But it really comes down to trying to fit the call into the skill level of, of the, the person to kind of start and the situation they want to be in uh, and kind of what they're after. So I'm glad you brought up kind of-
0: fitment because one of the things that when I first started calling turkeys with a mouth call I got so frustrated, man. I mean, you know, I was going to the store, bought, bought a couple of mouth calls, put them in, just sounded God awful. I mean, just embarrassed, you know, what didn't want anybody to hear me calling. And, and, uh, finally I had a buddy, you know, and he, I said, man, how does this sound? He, that sounds terrible. You know I mean? He's just like, <laughs> he told me, he's like, you sound awful. And he's like, let me see that call. And he, he looked at it and he could, he could see that it was too big for my palate. And he, he took out a pair of scissors and trimmed it down a little bit and said, here, try it now. I mean, it was like, I had the movements down. I knew what I was, where I was supposed to be forcing air and how I was supposed to be making the calls, but the call was just fit. It just fit wrong for me. And, and that was a big aha moment for me with, with mouth calls is like, you got to find the one, if you're not you know, going to trim one down and make it fit, you got to find the one that, that does fit you. Right. Is it, the, is it at all that way with, with duck calls? I mean, is fitment important?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly how I first started turkey calling with a mouth call. I had a too large one and I'm just like chalking on this thing. And I'm like, I cannot get this thing. And my buddy's like, let me see it. And yeah, same thing, scissored it down. And it was like, lights turned on. I was like, that's all it was like, just so frustrating. But again, experience helps, you know, and, and help with somebody who knows. And uh, that's kind of, again, kind of coming into what's nice with a smaller call company like ourselves, you know, we sit down and we spend the time trying to figure that out. Whereas, you know, if you just walk into a store, sometimes you just, you know, you look at the shelf and you're just trying to, Hey, what well, looks good. Right. I, right, mean, right. I like sell. that color. Yeah. Pretty package. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like the color, but I have no idea what this call actually is supposed to, you know, for, is it for me? Is it, you know, is it for someone who's, you know, again, they really don't, little... they don't really like you slobbering on the calls in the middle of the store. Yeah. Right. They, they, so um yeah, so what we run is that's kind of um also so what we have on ours is we have three three duck calls that we run as a checkmate, a Dr. Jekyll, and a and a Mr. Hyde. Our checkmate is right in the middle of uh that's kind of our sweet spot if you were on a sliding scale. And that's where we generally put a lot of people in for beginning and experience alike, because um, what that is is what we call a parallel jig. So if you look at the the way the um the tone board and the reed sit to each other, they're parallel. So it's more of a flat jig. Um, what that does is that it's much easier to run, very light blowing, and it's easy for people to 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 get used to running that type of a reed. And why that makes a big difference is that it's kind of hard to explain if you without like I obviously can't see it. but, It just gives room for that reed to run. And it's not, whereas like in in our Dr. Jekyll, it's what's called an upslope. So the the tone board actually has a ramp up and the reed is ramped up from the tone board. Uh, It gives you a lot of range, but it's not nearly a little more air to run, right? Um, And that's, but it also helps build in a little bit of rasp into the call for some people. Uh, We call that our raspy timber. And then like Mr. Hyde is kind of a niche, but kind of built out of the, uh, it's what we call a, a cut down. And a cut down is a much longer tone board with a really heavy read. And it, those we really don't sell to anybody unless they are specifically asking for, hey, are you, do you guys have a cut down? We call that more of a, an experience. We would never throw, if somebody's coming into calling, uh, you know, getting into duck hunting and wanting to learn how to call, we would never throw them in a, in a Mr. Hyde right out of the gate because you have to have a set of lungs to run them because that's a, it's a much longer uh, read and a much heavier read. But you get this really raspy, heavy, heavy duck sound, uh, that got really, really popular with like the PS ults. If you guys have ever heard those, uh, they run them down in, um, Arkansas in the timber and it, it kind of has a unique sound in the timber. If you, a lot of people that would don't realize too, is that you want to hear what a, a call sounds like. Obviously most people just call on it, you know, as you're sitting there, it's actually really interesting. If you call and have your buddy record you a hundred yards away and listen mm. to what that call sounds like. That'll give you, and that's really what you start seeing the differences of those types of, those types of tone boards. So yeah, for us personally, uh, checkmate has been our bread and butter for, like you said, for about 85% of the calls that we sell is in the checkmate. Uh, we specialize a little bit in the Dr. Jekyll and then really specialize with Mr. Hyde, but that kind of gives us the whole range of what people are after in the market. Right. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really enjoying learning more about
0: like the actual construction, how that affects calling. We're gonna take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, we're gonna be talking some more about uh, Doug Calls. I wanna ask you some, some beginner questions and also wanna learn a little bit more about really what goes into a custom call. So y'all take a minute uh, to hear from our sponsors. This week's show has been brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. They also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more info or a quote at two. 058072937 MB Ranch King built in the pursuit of perfection and also brought to you by brush clearing services. Are you interested in a building a healthy sustainable habitat for a wide range of wildlife? If so, brush clearing services and their 20 years of wildlife management experience should be your first choice. Brush clearing services environmental land clearing treatment selectively removes vegetation, leaving desirable trees and root structures undisturbed. Mulch left on site accelerates natural decomposition and reduces soil erosion while increasing soil moisture. Check out their full line of property and land services at www.brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. All right, guys, we're back and today talking with Kenley Salachik of Hammer Calls. Kenley, before we went to the break, you were really diving deep into a lot of the different components of duck calls. And, you know, what I learned from you there was that you've got three different materials, wood, acrylic, and then a hybrid of the two. Uh, wood's going to give you that softer sound. Acrylic, maybe going to give you a little bit louder sound, but... There's a lot that goes into the actual construction of the call that equates to more noise, less noise, and kind of depends on what kind of hunting you're wanting to do or you're doing as to which call you should pick. But I want to switch gears a little bit on that and and talk about beginners, uh, some more, uh, because like we were talking about earlier, it can be so frustrating to get started. Uh, it can be embarrassing, intimidating, but really the fun of duck hunting and the fun of, of turkey hunting and all these is, is being interact, is interacting with these animals and, and there is just no better feeling than when it's you and you fool them and you know, it was, you know, you know, it was you that did it. So when you thinking about how to learn on a duck call, I want you to go back through what kind of construction you feel is best for a beginner, someone who's just getting
2: started. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we obviously look at is, you know, price point as well too. Like, so, you know, a lot of people coming in, you know, if you've, if you've been in waterfowl hunting or, or around really any hunting, uh, you know how pricey it can be. So we, you know, that's something we look at, but mainly, uh, you know, we look at a wood, a lot of times a wood or a acrylic is where we kind of go with people. Now, obviously wood has a little bit to where, you know, a little nuances, but really, I mean, it's, it's so minute. Uh, I mean like a Kokobola duck call is one of the probably the best all around calls really that, you know, that you can get. I mean, you get a lot of the, lot of benefits of, you know, I said it's a harder wood. Uh, you still get plenty of sound out of it. And then inversely it's on the cost side. It's a lot of times a lot more uh, for us personally, I guess, you know, there's some call makers that really, you know, coca bowl is a popular wood but we like to keep it down that's it's really where we we try to get people um a good affordable option to get into calling where they're not breaking the bank uh you know to try and get into into this um yeah coca bowl is, is for me personally it's hard to beat you know if someone's coming in uh asking for something uh that's generally what we'll recommend uh that or um you know uh, an acrylic call you know for us we offer a couple different types of acrylic uh mainly on the on the side of what the it's all all the same basically if you want to get some custom colors things like that we kind of have uh some standardized colors right i mean a good a solid black uh duck call right you know it's somewhere we can it's more of a affordable option for people to get in and that's kind of where uh we kind of get people into into those types of calls to get going so yeah kinley
1: you were talking about reads before the break a little bit and what if i understood you correctly talking about joe's question about beginners um it sounds like a double read would be easier to learn on, but a single read would be more beneficial to learn on. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of um again, the nice part with us is that we do the we do a lot of retunes for people. So I mean, it's to say we have it we can start you on a double and then move you to a single, it's you know, it's just a little bit of retuning on it, not is is not that big a deal. Or inversely, hey, we want to we want to start you on a single let them get going on it and uh, maybe they're they ha- they' you know, maybe they've, they've been at it for about a month and they're still having some troubles with it. It's no big deal. We get the shipping back to us. We we can retune it for a double and ship it back to them and, and have them work on seeing how the, if that, if that double will, is a little more, getting them to be more successful, you know, in practicing and kind of getting there. And that's really what's nice is with us is that, you know, you can give us a call, shoot us a message and we're just back and forth. You know, we, we can listen to what people are having troubles with or, or what we need to adjust. You know, some people blow a heavier call where, you know, or a softer call, they're having, you know, they, they can't produce as much air pressure, uh, air pressure and we need to, we need to, you know, shorten the read up, lighten the call up for them so they can, they can run the call a little more easy or, like me or my brother, for example, you know, we're, we consider heavy blowers, right? We like a little bit, uh, you know, if, if we're trimming the reed as a standard one is right in the middle all the time, you know, we might be a, a centimeter, a little bit longer. It's just that little bit extra material is almost inverse. Cause if you're, if you're blowing too heavy, you can blow the call out, right. Where, where that reed, mm-hmm. uh, there's not enough material and the reeds moving too much and you're not, you're, you're blowing the call out. So we always try to generally tune right down the middle. And then if we have to, For most people, that's really, we found a sweet spot on ours. We don't have to do a lot of retunes, but every now and then, you know, again, you get this, you get a little bit of nuance where people uh, need something a little bit different. And that's where we can step in and send them a read, you know, a little bit longer, cut off or cut off a little bit to make it a little bit shorter for them. So,
0: so, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you guys doing custom calls. I mean, that's one of the benefits is that for sure, if if I wanted to call you up and say, Kelly, you know, this is majority of time, this is where I hunt. This is the species I'm, I'm hunting most of the time. Uh, these are the conditions. Here's my experience level. You're going to be able to point me in a direction just from talking about it that is going to probably set me up better. Like we talked about with the fitment of the mouth call, mm. like you're going to be able to say, like, well, your your palate is this, so you're going to need this size call. But you know, I could see that. But why else would somebody want to consider like a custom call, for example, versus say just going to the store and picking one up off the shelf?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, it's, I always don't like to make a, you know, like, hey, these, you know, these, some of these call makers that are in the big box stores, some of those guys started out just like us, you know, small guys that just built up reputation and got to a point of, you know, and they still produce a really great product. So I don't want to just completely shun people from looking at a big box store. But inversely, for us, we just have a, we have the ability to be more personal with our customers, right? I mean, for your for your uh, question of, you know, a new customer comes to us, that is a lot of times what we um, have that exact conversation is, you know, what's your experience level? Uh, where are you hunting primarily? For a custom-wise, uh, you know, kind of speaking to a custom is that uh, we're not just limited to, hey, there's these three colors on the shelf, right? We have a stock of acrylic uh, and, and material that we can literally make whatever color that, you know, color combinations they want, engravings, all of that, you know, a lot of the stuff that we get, uh, I guess a great one to for an example, is that we just built a, uh, a custom hybrid for a good friend of ours. He had a dog that passed away suddenly uh, through basically learned he had cancer pretty much one day and was gone the next. And the uh, dog that we've hunted over multiple times. And so what we did is that he ended up having him cremated and we made a hybrid blank and put his dog's ashes inside wow. a cust- his custom call. Right. So And then we were able to spin a whole call out of him. So now he has a little remembrance of, of his butt, uh, you know, of of that dog. And, uh, you know, I guess, to be honest, one, one thing that with going with that is, you know, we, we documented that whole process, building that call or building that blank to that call start to finish uh, his reaction. And we have, uh, he's got a nice shadow box with his dog's uh, image. Um, One of the special little things we did for him is that we put copper bands on it. he always had a collar that had a camo band with his name tank on it was his the dog's name and luckily we have a local guy who does our engraving super personal guy and i worked with him for uh, a couple weeks messing around with copper bands to uh, do some specialized laser uh, etching on this copper so that it matched it looked just like his collar that he wore all the time so stuff like that is uh you know obviously that's very very specialized in the custom world but that is where, you know, I think a lot of people really like want some of that really customized special things. Um, And we offer that kind of stuff. I mean, there's really nothing that we, to be honest, we've, we've done so many different things. We've, we've spun calls out of antlers. I could probably go through about 20 different scenarios of, of things that we've done, but that's, that's kind of the part that we've leaned on. And that's kind of what we built on. Um, You know, we offer the same, you know, kind of standardized calls, which is again, nothing wrong with that. You know, we have color combinations and stuff, but then, people want to get on the other spectrum where, Hey, I want this one-off call that no one else has, or I have this scenario that no one else has ever done. You know, can you, can we make something? And that's kind of where we have the ability. Right. So that's a cool gift
0: too. I mean, like if you've got a duck hunter in your life, you know, golly, you know, it's, it's always hard to buy somebody gear because typically they know what they want they've already bought it. But like you get somebody, something custom like that, that could be a really, a really cool gift. I could see, you know, and the other thing is what you just said. If somebody's got questions, they can just call you guys, talk to you, take right. you through very specific. The, even
1: refit the read, sounds like. Yeah, it, yeah, it right. sounds it does work like.
0: out, yeah, you could, you could work with them over time. Well, man, you know, I want to hear you run some of these calls. So um, why don't we take a minute here, and what I'd like for you to do is just take us through the quack and take us yeah. through the feed and chuckle. And, and uh, what I heard you say when you were talking about the quack, it was the base for everything else. So – I'd love to see you explain maybe do run that quack but then show us how
2: it's the base for these other calls yeah so you know especially uh, well first of all I got a this is a checkmate just so everybody's clear um, and it's an acrylic full acrylic checkmate uh, for this one so uh, again kind of the base is like I said with the quack really is that when you're gonna once you master the quack then you can then you can start getting into a comeback call and your feeder chuckle so again just really a base of what you're really after is and then so obviously that's a little bit quicker but just base out of that is so that's that's kind of where if you're kind of doing that any quicker or any quicker than that it kind of gets that where that that's where they want to bail so just so you can kind of hear how that has like was like I was telling you guys earlier with that. With your tongue being there, imagine you're basically, as you're, you know, you're running that steady stream of air through, then you're basically lifting your, that your tongue up and that basically forces that air through a little bit. And what a lot of people do is a big thing too. I kind of forgot to mention was, is keeping your cheeks together. Don't, it's not a kazoo where you're, you you do not want to be blowing your cheeks out. Um, because a lot of times what we talk about people is we don't want cold air going into the call, right? So if you're just going to, if you were just going to sit here and just blow, <laughs> you kind of hear that how it sounds more like a kazoo. So it you comes want that- from the lungs instead of your yep. mouth. Yep. You want, you want the air coming down from your diaphragm down. So if you, we always talk about the right kind of air, which is the air, if you're going to fog a window, right? So if you were that hot air from the below, and so instead of locking your cheeks in and bringing that air, and a lot of times you kind of, Ooh, Ooh, you kind of can hear a little bit of voice inflection. That's where you can really start kind of messing with it a little bit, but a lot of it is where you get that deep air and that hot air coming through the call is what you want. Not that cold, just kazoo sound. You'll hear a lot of people, new callers will sound like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah," where it's just kind of like, it's, it's just kind of, you can just hear that cold air and a lot of times you'll see their cheeks puff out Mm where, so that's kind of what we start practicing with people is, you know, get your cheeks in, get that tongue behind your teeth, get that right air. And uh, that's kind of where we get people started. And yeah, so from the quack perspective, you know, when you can get one quack down, really really well then you can start working on you know if when your sea ducks flying is where you have a comeback or you're kind of a greeting call where it's that wah, wah 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 so that imagine if you had a longer quack shorter quack shorter quack shorter quack that's more of a uh, a greeting call you know it's like hey quack 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 you know that's kind of a more of a greeting whereas a comeback is more forceful where it's 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 quack 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 quack. You know, usually mm. picking up the volume a little bit and the cadence a little bit quicker. That's more of like a, hey, you know, especially you'll see a comeback or are uh, hitting them on a turn where birds are turning around your spread. You know, they're just getting to the point where they're kind of getting to what just turn away from you a little bit, and that's when you hit that comeback. It's quack 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 quack. That's that centers them right back up into your spread, and then you kind of work on your that feeder chuckle is nice. It's it's also something a lot of people don't realize is that they hear that. Tick 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 tick. It's actually a positioning call as well. So if you listen to a duck, which is really interesting, is I is hearing a, a live duck do this. Is coming by, is that you'll you they're when they're flying, they'll actually do that. It's a little just kind of a string of them, and that's actually a positioning call, which is kind of interesting. So it's kind of talking to the ducks too that are on the ground, kind of seeing where everything's at. So, but yeah, uh, we at, at for reference words, we talk to a lot of new people too. as we try to is. Is like for the especially for the feeder chuckle, people get hung up on that. Is we we talk about ticka 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 and then ticka tucka ticka tucka ticka tucka. And you can kind of when you visualize that and you and you t- hear the pressure or feel the pressures in your mouth, you can kind of hear the difference of that when you're doing ticka ticka. It's just this you kind of do that, and then the tucka is kind of that low one where it's like and you kind of just start stringing those together ticka tuka ticka tucka, ticka tucka. and when you start doing that it's really really slow and methodical it's ticka tucka and you then you basically just try to get those two notes into a call and that's that's the base of it and then the speed comes when you start practicing that so
1: i would assume that this would come whenever you're a little bit more advanced but do you have a call material and or a call in general that you use for your feeder do you have a call that you use for your comeback
2: call do you have a separate call that you use for your you know what i mean No, generally, um, all the, those type of calls is, are those, you know, those sounds that I'm making, uh, generally is what you can run on every single duck call. Now it's just the sound difference of what, what sound is producing. You know, you want a more of a lower raspier tone, or do you want more of a high pitch tone? That is where call fitment and the type of call comes in. But it's, yeah, we, you know, the only thing you really have a difference is like start talking different types of calls is uh like a like a a whistle right so what we're what we're simulating right there is a is a mallard hen right so but actually a drake uh mallard he doesn't make that he makes more of this called a drake whistle where it's (laughs) this and that's more of a drake drake whistle so two different same species just two different sexes of that so
0: Kenley, you know, in keeping with what Butch was saying, like, do you have a call for a specific situation? Uh, And you're basically saying, no, once you find what you're comfortable with, you don't necessarily have different calls for different calls. What about weather considerations? Like if somebody hunts somewhere where it gets just bitter cold, or uh, is there a type of uh, material or construction that works better, say, in super cold temps?
2: Can be. Um, The main thing is, is like for, you know, from a moisture standpoint, obviously, like with a wood call, when it's super, super cold, if, you know, that's why we practice teaching people, you know, the proper technique so we can eliminate the spit as much as possible. But also, you know, naturally, if, if uh, a wood call is going to absorb moisture a little bit more, it's going to have moisture that's sitting more on the reed where it could potentially stick a little bit more, especially in the cold weather. Now, we combat that a little bit with the way that we tune the calls and the way we sand the calls. Um, we try and obviously when the reed's hitting the tone board, that's what's creating the, pre- the pressure in the call. Um, we do some specific tuning techniques um, to help one, keep the call running properly with the wood, but to try and prevent sticking. Um, one things that we've really been working on here um, is also is uh, it's called spit grooves. Uh, if you guys can see that on my, this is my acrylic call, but basically what we run is two grooves down on the, uh, on the, the tone board itself. Uh, and that helps one reduce the surface area that the reed can actually sit, you know, stick down to. And two, it does give, some area for that spit to actually go. So where, you know, if you are, if you are having trouble spitting into a call a little bit and sticking a call, uh, spit grooves can really help people with that. So um, that's something new. We've been running here in the last few months. Uh, just again, another little thing that we kind of, we try and put out a product and we just what's, what's another percent higher that we can kind of just elevate, you know, to help help the next 1% of people to help, you know, and that's what we've been trying to accomplish with our stuff. So Well, Kenley,
0: you know, when we started out planning the show, I didn't have any illusions that we were going to cover everything that there was to cover, uh, when it comes to duck calling, but you've done a really good job of explaining what somebody needs to think about when it comes to first off, the kind of calls they're going to need to make and the kind of calls that make those calls well and getting the fit right for you. But what I really heard from you is that the big reason why you'd go custom is uniqueness being able to pick up a phone and talk to somebody too and say, you know, here's my situation. Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. Here are my challenges. And then being able to come back to that person later on and say, here's, here's how it worked out. What, what am I doing different? What should I do? So if folks want to reach out to you and see the lineup there at hammer calls, they want to talk to you about the kind of ducks they like to hunt, what they're trying to do, maybe learn a little bit more about calling. What's the best way for them to find you guys online uh, or reach out direct?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you know, it's funny where uh, kind of a little bit of a background of hammer calls is we started in a basement and now we're (laughs) that six years ago, we started in a basement running on my grandpa's 1976 lathe, And now it's like just crazy. But uh, our big thing is we've really got the website rolling um, as of the last year. So our website's a really great place. We've recently jumped into a little bit of uh, uh, our CNC line to help. uh, We've got a lot of customs, a lot of CNCs that we run on the website for stock. Um, But all of our contact info is on there you know, personal wise on my cell phone numbers right on the website. So, you know, I said people talk to, you know, call me directly on my cell. We have uh, our Facebook page. We have tons of people talk to us on there. And uh, and we that's again, that's a big piece of our uh, white hammer calls has been successful, is that we just try and add that little bit of extra customer service and pers- being very personal people. Right. I mean, this is uh, something that we've, uh, you know, from a call company standpoint, uh, we've always wanted to be there for our customers and um we we put in the extra effort to try and fit everybody as well as we can i mean in the last six years uh i think we've maybe had less than a handful of calls have have come back to us to to the point where people are like i just it just doesn't work and you know what we are 100 percent behind that i mean not every call is going to fit every person right so um but we we try everything in our power to make sure that we can try and get a call, um, fit for whoever, you know, whatever need that you need, that's what we're after. So, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, call me, email me, all of our contact info is on the website right there.
0: Kinley man, we have enjoyed it for sure. And you know, I don't
2: think you said the website. Oh yeah, sorry. That's uh, <laughs> www.hammercalls.com.
0: You know, Butch, <laughs> listening to Kenley run that call has got me thinking this podcast platform might be a great time to, great platform to start doing some calling instruction i mean i think about like yeah. as a turkey guy i used to pop in cds and you know oh, yeah. and, and listen to that stuff heck i was listening to cassette tapes even trying to oh, learn my God. and uh, i remember
1: riding to the camp my dad would blow your brains
2: out with duck commander oh yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, CD. but I'm telling you,
2: you know, for new people that are trying to get into it. Uh, it's funny. That's you mentioned that the truck or vehicle that is 100% where we tell people to practice one, it keeps the wife happy that you're not. I was about to say my
1: wife tries to kill me when I run around the house. Quacking coyote,
2: you know, Kyle calling, Turkey calling, duck calling. Now, obviously that's loud. So when, you know, when you get a chance in the vehicle, um, we, we recommend people keeping calls in your truck. Uh, you know, most people have a 15, 20 minute drive one way, you know, especially around here, throw them in your truck. Work on it as you're driving. You know, a lot of guys, it's funny, a lot of guys are service guys. So, I mean, they're driving all over, right? So, I mean, people can really progress. Like I said, it's just like an instrument, right? Get out there, get on there and practice before, you, you know, get out there. Same thing, though, we talked a little bit about being in the blind with, somebody, with people who are um, proficient. Just ask them. Most people are very, very accommodating to help. You know, they're like, hey, we got some calling. I'd like to practice calling at some live ducks would you guys mind? Most people are not going to say no, right? Or just say, Hey, do you mind if I quack start working on my quack? I want to do that. Most people are are super accommodating to that and uh, people get really nervous about it, but I, everybody's got to start somewhere and everybody's been in their shoes at one point. So Absolutely. remember that.
0: No doubt. That's man. a great point as well. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, next time we want to talk duck calling, we, we definitely know who to get a hold of. All right, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors southern seed and feed do you want to provide better nutrients to your deer if so try southern buck food plot blends your deer will love it at southern seed and feed they specialize in making textured feed for horses cattle sheep goats hogs chickens small animals and wildlife their products are proven irresistible scientifically formulated and promote excellent herd health and hunter satisfaction they supply products to various distributors in the South. So visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. Butch, I got to go hunt with whoever Kenley was hunting with. Because the first time I ever got a duck blind and asked to blow a duck call, they were like, you take that off your neck. Yeah, you, put it it at, the water. you put it back I'll in your bag. It you are not allowed to call in the blind. You, you know, like you got a long <laughs> no way doubt, to man. go. You just hold that gun and be quiet
1: it takes a lot a lot a lot of practice i have not I'm, i can't call i'm not very good at it at oh, all. Yeah, it takes terrible. a lot of practice you're, you're terrible it's a lot of practice and I, <laughs> I do not go duck hunting enough to practice i mean
0: it no it, a lot of practice. It, it, There's it is a lot but, to it. but it's you a know lot i will say I, I will say what he was saying about about the quack and the feed and chuckle like i i can do those good enough where they won't run me out of the blind i agree and, with that and like i feel like that's that's part of it is just like I, I did do that with ducks because I just, I wanted to be able to contribute in some way when I first started getting the duck hunt a little bit more. And, and, and I just focused on, well, I'm going to quack and chuckle that, that thing I can do. And I'm going to get to where I'm only going to do the things I can do. And then I'm just going to step away whenever there's got to be something more involved going on. And like you said, as you just got to practice, just boils down it practicing. to practicing. But the cool thing is that everybody's a little bit different and you've got the ability to go in with some of the custom options and find something that fits you but i really like the gift for you idea, that's man. what i was gonna say i know some i know some duck hunters who would love to have like a duck call that was their favorite college team or mm-hmm. no doubt and i would say that kenley
1: is definitely a quack addict when you
0: <laughs> i'm gonna end it on that one i, I just can't I can't respond to that.
1: It's a good show, man. I definitely learned a lot. I appreciate him sharing his knowledge with us. And uh, like you said, man, we may have to have him on for some uh, duck calling lessons again pretty soon.
0: Definitely got my wheels turning on that. Well, folks, that is going to wrap it up this week. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you. To get the podcast emailed to you each week, just text the word HUNTING to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word HUNTING to 773-770-4377 you'll join our email list and wherever you are listening to podcasts go ahead subscribe rate and review send us a written review we'd love to hear from you if you got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover just email us at pros@landhunting.com. at that's gonna do it for us y'all stay safe out there we'll talk to you next time this week's sunland show is brought to you by Photonis Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Check them out. Photonis Defense, masters of darkness. And also brought to you by First South Farm Credit. First South Farm Credit can help you finance or refinance that perfect piece of land. To find out how First South can help you, visit their website at firstsouthland.com or call them at 800-955-1722. They are an equal housing lender. And also by Alabama Farmers Cooperative has been serving gardeners, farmers, and everyone in between for 85 years. Visit www.alafarm.com for more information and to find a co-op near you. And also brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. You can visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And also brought to you by Boater's List. Do you own a company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, or marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on BoatersList.com. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Don't forget about our sponsors and make sure you support them when you're out in the marketplace brush clearing services. If you've been considering forestry mulching, don't forget there is no substitute for horsepower. Brush clearing services provides high output, high production forestry mulchers from three to 600 horsepower. Smaller skid steer mulcher runtime rates may be lower, but BCS production will be two to three times more than these smaller machines. BCS prides itself on providing dependable equipment to ensure project completion is on time and under budget. Check out their full line of property and land services at brush clearing services dot com or call them at 706-718-1690. And also brought to you by the National Deer Association. If you are a landowner or a hunter who leases land or is a member of a hunting club, then purchasing hunting land liability insurance is essential. For as little as a few cents an acre, the National Deer Association offers the broadest and most comprehensive coverage available, including member-to-member coverage, guest coverage, and coverage for many higher-risk activities involving tree stands, ATVs, and firearms. Many other policies contain hidden exclusions for these activities, so don't risk your assets. Go to the thedeerassociation.com to protect yourself today. That's deerassociation.com.